right everyone thank you so much for joining in again for our second startup story i mean it's to get to a point where we'll not be able to count the numbers because we'll be doing like 300 startup stories 500 startup stories because there are so many unique startup stories to tell like it's so amazing how everybody's story is different and there's so many lessons to draw from it meanwhile just a few days ago i got a random email and it was so random i wasn't even expecting it and it was from a platform called podcast status and they were letting me know that on apple startup stories with cynthia this podcast that i started a few weeks ago is top 10 in nigeria for entrepreneurship and top 300 in the uk for entrepreneurship it's mind-blowing right i am really glad that i have amazing listeners like you you know you currently listening to me right now and you did not just stop at just listening but you shared and it's because you shared that it became you know top 10 but regardless i find joy in sharing these stories because they're so powerful in themselves we have listeners from all over and i'm really glad thank you so much for this really i am and to all those who actually reached out to me sent me a dm saying this is their experience the reviews have been incredible it's so amazing to see the impact of some of the experiences of those who have gone ahead of us and see how they can guide us to ensure that we don't fall into the same mistakes that they made previously so thank you so much all right so if you're listening to this it means that you've listened to the episode before this which is what we're doing so we're doing a continuation from our last startup which is tate's cookies right so we learned about how she started from her kitchen at a very young age and moved to a large warehouse and how she got herself into a really horrible deal that caused a huge ton of events in our life this next few minutes that you're going to be with me you're going to learn about what really happened the impact of that and how kicking cookies ended well stay with me hello everyone i'm cynthia ichisom and welcome to startup stories with cynthia this is where we talk about the real relatable inspiring and exciting journey of startup founders so let's get straight into it all right so we learned the last time that she gave up one third of her business to two brothers right and you know in doing that they gave her like a very good promise and a really good plan and the plan was that they were going to grow the business they were going to expand i mean they didn't really have a lot of experience doing this they had no marketing experience and so on but you know she had um, a relationship a working relationship with one of them with the bookkeeper right and so their plan was that we're going to scale this business and that was the plan so one of the things they did one of the first set of things they did you know you know 
when they came on board as as um, partners was that they went to Virginia to remember they're in Southampton they went to Virginia to um, build a cookie business no, well a cookie plant right okay so they went there to build a cookie plant a cookie production plant right and she thought it was a good idea right you know because the cookie um, business or the cookie product itself was generating lots of revenue so it only makes sense that you focus on building like a plant that does that and so they went all the way to Virginia to set up that and then she was in Southampton she stayed in Southampton uh, managing the big shop right and they only communicated via phone call right so things began to like shake a bit very early on right tension began to rise and it was really because of the quality of the products right the quality of the products that were being produced at this plant was just too bad it was almost like they did not know how to use the recipe that she had given they were really horrible the cookies were so bad and she couldn't sell them i mean nobody was trained properly to get the work done you know everybody was just making things incorrectly you know it was really really bad and she knew that if things keep going in that direction it might not really end up well so in as much as the products were really bad there was also another factor and the other factor was that she everybody had you know to contribute to like the revenue so the cookie plant was supposed to produce right and you know generate revenue and deposit into like the central account and then the bake shop as well had to contribute as well right so she was running the Southampton very well and she was depositing money into the central account from time to time you know, she was doing that really diligently but they weren't they were meeting payroll they were able to pay the staff but they weren't paying to making payment to local vendors and it got really frustrating because these local vendors would show up you know you know give out your comfort and be like oh they're not paying up right and because these local vendors are a very important part of the business remember she has to um, work with them right for the business the entire business to function and so she decided to pay these local vendors from the funds that the big shop you know was generating and when she started to do that they got angry right so uh, you know they weren't pleased with that idea so one time you know she decided to you know just go on a cycling trip you know in january or you know just go on a short trip like a vacation or something and someone who was working who is an employee of the plant the production plant in virginia reached out to him like um i don't think you should go because they're planning to come up to Southampton and take over when you're not there. They want to get rid of you, right? So she decided not to go on that trip and she stayed behind. And one day she went into the office and they were there with papers and they said, you're fired. Well, I mean, when the word, those words came out of her mouth, she was shocked. Like, how am I fired? She literally was amazed and the reason why they could do that was because both of them had a huge percentage of the business and she does and they were brothers and so they could decide that and they, they literally decided to fire her 
Now imagine this. This is a business that she had spent over 20 years building. Like literally even the early years of her life up to that point. And she was watching it collapse before her eyes. She didn't see that coming. She really did not see that coming. Now, I really want you to, you know, just imagine being in that situation. Imagine how devastating that can be in that moment. You know, those moments were really, really hard for her. She became, you know, even grateful for the simple thing. That the fact that she could have a car or even a house of her head was something to be grateful for. It was such a trying moment in that entire career or entire life of building this business. She decided to fight them, right? She needed to get the business back. It was literally her entire life. She wanted to get out of the contract, so she, she sued them back, right? She sued them, they sued her back, and this suing went back and forth, right? And the business at that time was already in debt of about $600,000, right? Just that was like an incredible moment for her. And she had a part to play. Like she had to clear one third of that debt because remember the distribution is a crossword. And all the money that the company had earned was literally gone, right? And this went back and forth. The suing went on for about two years. The business was not generating any revenue for two years. She, it was such a trying moment. The entire city, like it went around the news, took it up. It was a total nightmare. I mean, she got a couple of you know people who supported her, like her employees who would like be there for her. But you need to imagine been in that situation for two good years where you're at this point where you're going to lose your company so by the year 2000 knowing how lawsuits can be expensive how lawyers can also you know desire to be paid and you know how stressful that was so she started to settle so she you know reached out to them and said you know let, let's settle this so the whole settlement thing required that she would have to let go of that name. The name Kathleen Bakeshop. Now, you need to understand how valuable a business name is. Imagine if someone should sue Coca-Cola and say that, oh, you're not going to use the name Coca-Cola. We're going to use the name Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is literally the name. Like, it's your brand... <laughs> The entire brand is literally hinged on that, on that name. And she had to lose it. You know, she got to keep the location. That's the Southampton location. I mean, because, you know, she owned it. Remember, she bought it. So she owned it. She had been able to pay off the mortgage. So she owned it. So it was more or less like they were renting the place. So she, she was able to keep that place. But she still had $200,000, you know, that she had to pay off. $200,000 worth of debt she had to pay off. And it was such a, you know, you know when you're just shocked that everything is gone. Like, everything is gone. She was like 42 at that time. And 
you know anybody could have decided to just like say okay i'm 42 what else what else am i really doing i mean i might as well just retire or something i mean who how would you be able to do retire this two hundred thousand dollars of debt she decided to pick up herself again to start again to move on and see how she could get back on her feet because she couldn't get a job right she had spent most of her life doing this she couldn't think of getting a job she was she only had two years of college she had no choice literally she had to pick up herself up she had to start again she had to go back to what she knew this was all that she knew and she had to go back and start again and build again I mean, she was able to keep her old employees, but she built again. So she started to start again. First, she had to come up with a new name. She chose Tate's Bake Shop because Tate's is her father's nickname and she wanted a name that was local and genuine. She had a couple of goals and one of them was to make better cookies than that of Caitlin's Bake Shop right because she had to outperform the quality of the cookies now that she has a new bake shop right two was to launch afresh in august 2000 because it was the peak season for sales right summer period and the third one was that she wanted to sell the company at the age at age 55 Right at that time, she was in the 40s, early 40s, and she wanted to sell at the age of 55. So she had a target and she had goals that she wanted to achieve. So she took some steps. She got some money because she needed cash flow to be able to launch in August, and she did that by remortgaging her building, right? The building that she bought. She got some cash flow and one other thing that she did was to get a business advisor and that was one of the best things that actually happened to her and her business her b- business right it was one of the best decisions that she made um, because she knew that she was in such financial trouble and she needed a business advisor to help her through it i think that's like a really good lesson there's something to really take from that if you know your strength if you know your weaknesses is either you get a partner to support um, like a co-founder or you get a business advisor who provides advice but in this case for her the business advisor was going to be paid right and she could easily walk away you know after the whole experience of getting a partner she knew she had to tread carefully this business advisor was like her lifeline and some of the um um decisions that um, the business advisor you know advised her to take was to focus on products that were giving her the highest margins so that was a major 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 strategy that she they took on okay let's just focus on the product that gives us like the highest margin and that was the cookies right the cookies were super um, um profitable in a sense and so she zeroed in on the cookies i mean that's why this this podcast is even called Tate's Cookies. She also expanded on the distribution, right, to um, taking more stores. I mean, she went back to the old stores, those stores that were in, she was in relationship with, you know, under Caitlin's bake shop. You know, she approached them and said, okay, 
you know it's now tate's cookies now tate's um big shop you know getting to like a partnership some of the stores took i in like with open arms some others did not right different reactions right to the same person which is quite interesting right so when she first opened tate's she had about 40 employees and the revenue was you know um a couple of millions that year and then things started to pick up pace and she started to grow and from there she rented a 5,000 square foot additional uh, kitchen and she purchased a school and turned that into a commercial kitchen which is about 15,000 square foot I mean things were really really growing Uh, when it comes to like distribution she first started with like the small stores right stores with about 10 to 12 SKUs so SKUs is pretty much store keeping units is that code for keeping track of the products right so 12 to 10 to 12 skus 10 to 12 products in a sense product line um then from there she would pick more places and then she would pitch to them and this business advice advice her to like take these um stores and put them into tiers so tier one to tier two and so on and so forth so she had categories for the stores that she was going to pitch to and even uh, michael the business advisor you know would help in making some of these pitches like going to negotiate deals with some of these um, stores as well some other stores actually approached them and um, that's how she was able to scale and one of the things that uh, michael did for her which was really helpful in making decisions was that the business advisor the business manager um he would as the business manager he would prepare about three different forecasts and that forecast was to um, determine like the income and then you know the income and the decision that if you take this path this is what it will yield if you take this path this is what yield if you take this path this is what it will yield and then she would look at those three and then decide to take it back to ground which was very very helpful i think that's something that can be done um if you is something that's really practical just look at your business look at all the different options okay if we take this approach what do we need to be able to achieve like the best you know approach if we take this other approach um what do we need do we have the resources and just looking at all your options that's something that you can do um with the right support and the right guidance so word started to spread and so much that consumer reports which is one of the biggest report platforms stated that tate's baked cookies tate's cookies <laughs> was the best in america as of 2011 right which is about 20 percent increase like year on year and this was all possible because this time around she approaches from a very strategic level right very very strategic but guys take note of the year that it became the best in america 2011 when did the lawsuit end it ended in 2000 so it took about 11 years for that so you know as i'm saying this it, it tends to feel like oh um, you know it was like a few months and then a few years or like a year or two no it took 11 years so i mean she was picking up pace right i know it feels like i'm compressing like that amount of time into like a few minutes but i just wanted to have it at the back of my mind because sometimes you know we compare ourselves as startup founders with other people and you know that these guys actually went through a lot so i want you to be as practical as as possible as you think about you know as you brood on these stories it took her quite some time for her to get there right and um, that is a very important fact i want to just put out there so around 2014 um 
she started to speak to investment backers who remember she had a goal by the age 55 i want to be able to sell this so that i can retire so um investment um bankers like started to approach um uh, her and then she started to have conversations you know she was very rigorous about this remember her past experience was something that she didn't want um to repeat again and um, it started with about 50 people at first and then she narrowed it down to about 12 investment bankers to about like five investment bankers so in the end she settled for tm capital which is actually in new york city and um, their goal was the goal of the, the, the um, tm capital was to take this company tastebook um, cookies and put it in the market for sale and um, this was 2014 right and um, that was their job as investment backers so finally a private equity firm called riverside um, decided to um, buy the company so she sold 80 percent of the company for about a hundred million dollars in 2014 right she actually never thought that the company would be sold for that amount she was even thinking like half of that amount you know when she was looking at her goals and her targets right um i mean the money didn't really change how she lives and you know she had a very simple lifestyle in a sense but i want you guys to also notice here that you know she started this business again in 2000 and she ended up selling it in 2014 for 100 million dollars it took 14 years it took 14 years for that to happen 14 years it did not happen over overnight like how many of us have invested that amount of time into like the startup right it took 14 I, I really want to emphasize a lot of like patience like endurance i mean we have many other startup stories which we're going to talk about who like achieved like a couple of things within a much shorter time than that i've also talked about um another um cookie cookie company as well um that i've also addressed you know i, I think is within the is within the food food um, industry basically it took lot more than this right but time is a very important factor in product development in business in startup so patience diligence strategy is super important for growth so i think that's a very important lesson to point out all right so let's see what happened you know after that deal of 100 million because that does that's not where the story ends all right that's not where the story ends all right so four years later riverside sold that same company um, to Mondelez. Mondelez is an American multinational food, beverage, and snack company. Right, they're, they're based in Chicago, and Mondelez is actually a very, very huge company. Their annual revenue is going into like twenty-six billion dollars, and they're in about a hundred and sixty countries. Yes, a hundred and sixty countries. So, Riverside um, sold dates cookies to such a huge company and they sold it for half a billion dollars half a billion dollars just imagine imagine this is so incredible like that business four years later is what 
half a billion dollars i don't know why i'm raising my voice but i think it's just incredible that she was able to build something like that from scratch i mean imagine if she had given up right and just not oh my god and not like she if she didn't start again if she didn't start again if she didn't start again i think that's like a huge lesson to start again like regardless of whatever it is keep at it keep at it like don't let situations like prevent you from scaling right from building what you're building so it was sold for half a billion dollars i mean without the crisis that she went through i don't think tate cookies would have had such a vision as and strategy at you know as as um as she was you know she was able to put into that you know, compared to like Caitlyn. Caitlyn was just okay let's just survive but Tate was very um, strategic right and uh, you know it became that the biggest disaster of her life became the greatest gift of her life so incredible the biggest disaster of her life became the greatest gift of her life Remember the um, those brothers? I don't know if you guys still remember them, the Caitlyn. I'm sure you want to know what happened to them. Well, a few years after the lawsuit, they went out of business. <laughs> Sorry, but I mean, why? <laughs> um, yeah, that's my reaction basically. So yeah, they went out of business, and she didn't know what happened to them. Like the name, the brand, the product, everything doesn't exist right now. Um, I think that's just I. I that's just something to like just to brood on for a while so yeah that's it guys it's been really incredible um i'm so happy that you stayed to this point so many lessons to learn and i'm sure you like were able to draw like a lot of lessons from this i'm super excited about the next startup because that startup had so many challenges and they they, they they have stories or they have different points of the business where you can actually draw practical lessons from like actual practical lessons some things that you can apply to your own startup and i'm really excited about telling their story and i can't wait for you to be a part of it but you have to be on the lookout if there's a way for you to subscribe to my my podcast on any platform you know feel free to do so so that you can get like the alerts i think the immediately i i released the last episode i got like four plays within the few seconds and that's so good to know that you guys have subscribed and so you get like notifications and you don't have to wait till i announce it on like the social platforms so yes um i think at this point i also want to mention that i have seen that there's a need to share some really really practical approaches to some of the challenges of business growth and like um startup development and i am working on um putting out some practical um some practical like outline basically i like an article that shares some practical steps that you can take so for example like splitting equity um deciding on your on the co-founder that you would take upon what criteria do you look out for basically some things that you can ap- apply to your own business to your own startup so be on the lookout if you're following me on on social media um follow me i'll be releasing it on medium and on linkedin article so yeah be on the lookout for that so guys thank you so much for listening up to this point and i'm really excited about this
right so there you have it thank you so much for listening up to this point i'm really excited that you stayed all the way to this point where you're hearing my voice but don't just give this to yourself share with community friends family startup founders that you know will really really need this and also send me a dm of how this has helped you or in what way you were blessed by it you can send me an email send me a vn i'll be really really excited to receive it all right there you have it i remain cynthia ichisum and this is startup stories with cynthia